Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Last Saturday, I woke up and I stupidly opened my work emails to see if I'd missed anything. And uh, I really wished that I hadn't. More work to do in a job where I'm already feeling really kind of stretched beyond kind of the capacity of of time that I've got. And um, if you could stamp your feet in bed, then I would have done it. I was so cross and grumpy. And, um, and after a few weeks of Tom being poorly, I was, I was just tired and I was feeling really sorry for myself. And actually, I wasn't feeling so great either myself. So I decided to do a COVID test only to discover I had COVID again. And then Tom got up and Tom had had an operation a few weeks ago, which some of you know about, and I won't go into details now. Um, <laughs> And his recovery has not been going according to plan. He's been in and out of doctor's appointments, A&E. He he knows a lot of ladies by name now. Um, All to be told, though, that, that actually, although he's really been very uncomfortable, there's nothing that anyone could do. But that morning when Tom woke up, he discovered that he really wasn't well. And he headed back again to A&E, where he was for the next 15 hours going through an ordeal that maybe one day he'll write a book about. But when you have got children and a poorly husband, the fact that you are tired, poorly and grumpy is irrelevant. You just have to get on with it. And there's no doubt about it, is there, that life is hard. I'm not even talking about the really hard stuff of life, the kind of suffering that people fleeing war are going through or the suffering that people fighting cancer are going through. I'm just talking about the everyday stuff of life, when life doesn't go according to plan, when you wake up grumpy, when demands on you are high, when family life is difficult, when work is tough and life just feels overwhelming. Or when you're lonely and you struggle to keep going in a world in which you feel so isolated. I'm sure you can all relate to days and weeks and maybe even months that feel like that. But I love how the Bible is more than just an old stuffy book written thousands of years ago. The Bible speaks into all aspects of our life and and is God's truth and life to us, whatever season or mood we find ourselves in. And as I've been preparing um, this week and digging into this passage, these verses have really spoken truth to my heart, truth that I've needed to be reminded of, and truth that I hope is going to really encourage you this morning, however you're feeling. So the letter we've just started um, looking at as a church Um, It was written to a church in a place called Ephesus, but it was also written for us to to Christ Church Manchester in Gorton. 
to the church in Manchester. And often when we read the Bible, we read it as if it's just written to us as individuals. But as I read out the passage now that we're looking at today, I want you to listen to it, not just thinking, what does God want to say to me? but with ears for all of us here, for the whole church thinking, what does God want to say to us? What does God want to say to CCM Gorton today? But I'm just going to pray before I read the passage. Father God, you always, always want to speak to us and you have given us your word to speak to us. God, would you Would you give us ears to hear what you're saying to us this morning, to us as church um, this morning? Please, please, um, please speak and please open our ears. Amen. Okay, so we're in Ephesians 1, if you've got your Bibles. um, And I'm going to read this. It's verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The writer of this letter, Paul, loves this church. There's a real sense of warmth and passion coming from Paul in this letter. He really likes them a lot. He cares about them deeply. He he spends time in prayer, praying for them and giving thanks for them. And even there, right at the beginning, there's a challenge for us, isn't there? How much do we love the church? And how much do we love this church? How much do you love the individuals in this church? It's a challenge because Paul loves the church like Jesus loves the church. And we'll dig in later about why Jesus loves the church and why the church, us together, is so important. And then this prayer um, that Paul prays for the church and for us too at CCM Gorton is just so life-giving as we face the challenges that daily life throws at us. I think we could sum up this prayer by praying this. Holy Spirit, help us to know how incredible Jesus is. Holy Spirit, help us to understand how incredible the hope we have is because we know Jesus. Help us to understand the incredible power of God that we as your church have access to and help us to understand what it means that Jesus is our ultimate church leader. 
So to dig in a bit deeper, I'm going to split this passage into three parts. Jesus is our hope, Jesus is our power, and Jesus is our our church leader. So firstly, Jesus is our hope. Now, COVID was a huge reminder, wasn't it, that we cannot take anything in life for granted. In fact, we could spend our whole lives trying to build walls of protection around us to try and make life as comfortable as possible. We can fill our lives with good things, with fun and friends, but people will always let us down and fun times do eventually come to an end. Health fails us, jobs finish, bills go up, relationships get broken. But the only relationship that will never end, the only person that is able to satisfy all our needs, the only one who understands us completely is Jesus. And whatever your circumstances are today, whatever you're feeling, the truth is we all need more of Jesus. And that's why Paul is praying this for this church that he loves, that they would know Jesus more. And even if your relationship with Jesus right now is amazing, the best it's ever been, there is always more of him to know. You know, when we've been in eternity for a thousand years, there will still be more of Jesus to understand. His kindness, his love, his wonder will constantly and continually amaze us. He's more wonderful than we could ever imagine. He loves us more than we could ever fathom. And he loves the church like his perfect bride. Have you ever watched any of those soppy Instagram reels where the camera is on the groom's face as he watches the bride come down the aisle? For some reason, those reels keep popping up on my Instagram. I clearly linger on them for too long. Um, and, and it's just the most soppy, romantic, lovely thing to watch as you see the groom like well up, looking at his wife-to-be with such love. But Jesus looks at us, CCM Gorton, with all our imperfections, with a love that is a billion times stronger and deeper than a bridegroom looking at his bride on, on his wedding day. Church, we are so deeply loved by Jesus. So our relationship with Jesus really matters. Our connection with him really matters. By knowing him better, we'll know the hope to which we've been called and our incredible inheritance as believers. What we see and experience now is not as it will always be. We have a home in heaven that awaits us. The king of creation calls us his own. Maybe you're looking back on your life and remembering a time when your relationship with Jesus was much better than it is now. Circumstances impact our relationship with Jesus all the time. When I was single, I could give all my spare time to Jesus and I would pour out my heart in these long, lingering, quiet times and linger in the Bible just because I could. But then Tom came along and suddenly my thoughts weren't filled with God. They were filled with Tom. And my first love, Jesus, got pushed aside as I fell in love. And then life and family and work all began to compete with my first love, Jesus. 
But when Jesus gets pushed to the edges of our life, not only does our personal relationship with him suffer, we suffer because we forget the hope to which we've been called. We forget that we have the ruler of heaven on our side as we go about our daily business. Instead of trusting God with our future, we live fearfully and miss out on the peace that knowing Jesus offers us. Paul wants the church to know Jesus better because he knows that life is tough. But Jesus has everything we need. Jesus is everything we need. Secondly, Jesus is our power. Now, Jesus showed his power by giving up his life on a cross. Maybe that was not the kind of power anyone was expecting. But that same power that took Jesus to the cross and raised him back to life is the same power at work in us. Before we knew Jesus, we were dead. Our hearts were cold But the Holy Spirit worked in us and breathed his life into our hearts so that we can now have an eternity with Jesus, a forever inheritance in heaven shared with Jesus. And the same Holy Spirit that did that work in our hearts is living in us today, every day, whether it feels like it or not. Knowing we're loved by Jesus enables us to love others around us in the way that Jesus loves us. It enables us to lay our lives down for others. This is God's power at work through us. You know, we get really inspired, don't we, by stories of, the hu- of, of people making huge sacrifices for, for the benefit of others. But the likelihood is we're not going to be called to to give our life to save someone else's. But every day there are opportunities to step out of our comfort zone, to listen when we'd rather talk, or to turn up early and help set up or stay late and pack away, to encourage someone forward by taking a step back, to help with that homework when all we wanna do is watch the TV, to start a conversation sat with someone on their own when we long for someone to come and talk to us, to give up our preferences in order to give opportunities to someone else, a million opportunities to lay down our lives and love someone else are given to us every day. But none of these things we can do joyfully on our own without the power of God enabling us to really deeply love and give of ourselves with just a clanging symbol. Don't we need that power every single day? I can't, I just can't magic up living selflessly for others, caring for others without feeling sorry for myself, without the power of Jesus at work in me. Are you struggling to love someone right now? You need more of Jesus. Are you struggling to forgive? You need more of Jesus. Are you struggling just to keep going? You need more of Jesus. We all need more of Jesus and his power at work in our hearts. Our relationship with Jesus empowers us to live a life of love that no other relationship could ever do. It enables us to be the kind of person that we want to hang out with 
More than any other healthy relationship, this relationship gives us a security and identity that enables us to be our best selves. It empowers us to step out and be brave, helps us to love, and it even helps us to allow others to love us well. When, but when our relationship with God is not a priority, all our other relationships will eventually suffer as a result. But when we're walking with God closely, Jeremiah 17, 79 says, Blessed but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. If you're struggling in life right now, the best thing you can do is to throw yourself on Jesus Cry out to him in prayer. Fill your heart with truth about God until it sinks in and you find yourself trusting him again. In every circumstance, Jesus is enough. And if we want to be a church where we see the power of God um, moving, then as a church, we need to throw ourselves on Jesus in prayer. We have to recognise that we are weak without him. You know, we could have the best evangelists, the best communicators, the best glue and youth leaders. Um, but without throwing ourselves on Jesus, we just go through the motions. There's no shame in weakness. There's no shame in trouble or hardship. And it's when we recognise our weakness that Jesus is able to, to work. Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God would rather use a weak-feeling person or a church reliant on him than one that looks on the outside that they have it all together, but has forgotten their first love Jesus. You know, if we go to Revelation in the Bible, there's a there's a passage, isn't there, where it's talking to the church in Ephesus. Um, and it's saying, you know, you're doing all these things right, your theology is right, you hate sin, there's this and this and this, but you've forsaken your first love, Jesus. It's really tragic that this church that we're talking about here in Ephesus, in by by the time Revelation's written, they've forgotten their first love. Um, our first love, Jesus, is the most important thing. And finally, Jesus is our church leader. The passage ends by telling us that Jesus is head over all the church. The church is God's baby. It was his idea to show the world how good it is to follow Jesus. 
the verse really stresses, these verses, that no one on earth or anyone ever in history or in the future is more powerful than Jesus. And he is the head of the church. No wonder 2,000 years later, despite all the many, many, many failings and imperfections of the church throughout church history, that the church is still growing. We have a better church leader than we could ever dream up or imagine. We have the king of the universe, the ruler of the heavens, leading the church. This is why, this is why church is so important. We hear about platform and power going to pastors and leaders' heads, don't we? But we're so daft if we ever think we can ever live or lead as Christians without being empowered by Jesus and without giving glory to Jesus. It's always been about his power at work in us. It's so dangerous to put any leader other than Jesus on a pedestal because Jesus is the hope and we, the church, are the fullness of him. All our gifts, all our skills, all our goodness even, our compassion, our love for the lost comes from Jesus. I remember when I first moved to Manchester 20 years ago and Andy Hawthorne had been inviting young people to move to the inner city to share Jesus with the people around them. And I arrived with high expectations that we would see revival. But because there was so much need all around and people in such desperate situations needing so much help, that as I swooped in to do all I could help um, to, to, all I could do to help other people, I quickly found myself trying to be everyone's rescuer rather than pointing to the great rescuer, Jesus. And I would burn myself out over and over and I'm still in danger of it now because instead of falling on Jesus in prayer and walking in his power and strength, I would try and do everything in my own. But isn't it such a relief to know that it's Jesus in us, working through us to build his church, that we're never asked to try and build God's kingdom alone, that it's always about building his church by his power. And as we think about how we long for CCM to grow in numbers and reach those living in Gorton with the gospel, we could come up with the most incredible strategies and plans. But we must remember that unless Jesus is our first love, unless we love Jesus um, deeply, and unless we love each other deeply with that same love that Jesus has for us, unless we throw ourselves on him in prayer, recognising that he is the power we need, all our efforts will be empty. But by knowing Jesus more and more, by filling our hearts with the truth about him, God, and the incredible hope we have in him, we can walk through our everyday struggles with Jesus and keep loving others like Jesus does, empowered by the Spirit, giving all the glory to God. Let's fall on Jesus again. 
Let's cry out to God in prayer. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and revelation that we would know Jesus better, that he would be our first love once again, that he would empower us to love others like he does.